fellow adventurers. Welcome to a Nat One Life podcast series called Homebrew Heals. Here, my sister Amanda and I will talk about our different journeys we have taken or are still on to resolve our medical issues. From gut issues to skin issues, we have experienced a lot in our 30 years. We do not have any medical backgrounds, but feel we have rolled high enough in our investigation and health checks and want to share our experiences with you. So come along this journey with us and see what we discover together. Journey with us and start to find your way through this net one night. Amanda, I found this quote and let me know what you think about it. Mental health is not a destination, but a process. It's about how you drive, not where you're going. Hmm. Well, I know that we've talked about this Carol Dweck book like 47 times. <laughs> right. But I, as you know, I'm in the process of reading it. <clears throat> I will say it's very dry, so it's taking me a bit of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very informative. And so that quote makes me feel joy. It makes me realize that throughout life we all struggle with things. Mm-hmm. And if we're willing to really reflect and work on ourselves and our behavior and how we contributed to those things, um, that there's always a path forward. And that includes working on ourselves. Yeah. And I like, surprisingly, usually I'm not a fan of this, but the, for mental health, I'm really happy and it brings me joy as well, as you said. But how. It's not like we're trying to necessarily achieve a certain end goal, Mm -hmm. right? Like, not we're not trying to get everybody to the exact same spot, necessarily. It's just while you're living your life, making sure that your mental health is where you want it to be, where you feel comfortable and Mm -hmm. happy and whatnot. And I think a lot of that is done reflectively right not necessarily future thinking a lot Mm -hmm. of it's thinking back so like for example I had a conversation with uh one of my friends and with you actually via Marco Polo we send lots of videos back and forth we are those Mm -hmm. sisters (laughs) and um like to the point where I didn't send one like a couple of days in a row. And I was like, that's weird. Like I haven't talked to Sarah on Marco Polo in a couple of days. Yeah. We see each other multiple times a week, but anyway, so I lost my train of thought because I'm high. Hold up. It'll come back to me. Oh, I got it. Okay. There it is. Found it. Caught it. Nice. Caught it. That is nice. Okay, so I told you and I told another friend, it's the thinking backward and realizing, oh, I haven't had a panic attack in months. Mm -hmm. I haven't had a day where I couldn't get out of bed for five hours in weeks, you know, and so it's thinking back and then realizing that these small things that I've done have Mm -hmm. had an impact. And so 
we've talked recently about <clears throat> me trying to shift my mindset to completing things instead of getting I call it distracted, but it's really not distracted. Really what I'm trying to do is unlearn a behavior that I've been doing for the last 13 years of my life, which is switch tasking all the time rapidly and looking for tasks to switch to all the time. Um, Anybody that's ever worked in the insurance industry, specifically in the claim side of things, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, Some of you might disagree. It's just been my life experience and it has gotten to me to a point where my brain has been programmed to constantly look for distractions. Um, In the work environment, they weren't distractions for my work. They were other work that had to be done and constantly reprioritizing, which is not necessarily a bad thing unless you're doing it every 30 seconds, which is what our brains were programmed to do. And Sarah, maybe can you explain any more of that mental thought process? Yeah. So essentially when it comes to a lot of different businesses, so not even like insurance claims specifically, that's just very, very common there, but there's other uh, employments obviously where you're told to do your work quickly and you're doing multiple tasks. And so they, kind of like try to train you or teach you that you need to know how to multitask. But ultimately, in reality, it's actually rare for people to be able to literally multitask and be able to do two things at once that require your brain to focus on. So for me, it's easy for me to be working on something and then have like music going on in the background because I'm not focusing on the music. It's just behind the scenes and I, I just can hear it. it. My brain doesn't have to process intense information. So when it comes to like me trying to do two things at the same time that requires actual brain power, mm-hmm. I, I can't. I have to be able to focus on one thing to retain information and to make sure that I'm doing what I need to do properly. You, on the other hand, you're some that rare person who can actually multitask, not switch tasking where you're flipping between what seems like multitasking. You're just going so fast that you're flipping between stuff. Multi, like true multitaskers, they're able to have their brain focus on two different tasks at the same time. And it's crazy. So for you, you can be having two conversations at the same time. Yeah, it freaks people out. And it's not like where you have to be like one second or, oh, I'm sorry, I only caught half. No, you can carry out two full conversations Mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah, I call it my superpower, but then lately, because of this book, and this all comes back to what we're talking about today, I promise. Um, But because of this book, now I've been thinking, okay, my brain can do that, but what if I put all of that power into one task? Yeah. Like, can I do my tasks twice as fast? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So studies show that switch tasking is slower than if you were just to focus on one task 
until completion. It's mm-hmm. faster to do that way than to try and juggle multiple things at once. Right. So, but and you're right though. I for you, I don't know. Like, I want to say yes, but ultimately, I'm not sure. Right. I don't know. I've been so. There's been a couple of things. I've been trying to be very reflective in, um, my behavior, and so mm-hmm. like last week, I started editing one of our podcasts because <clears throat> you know we do that ourselves, people. It's not like we have staff of people. <laughs> Um, and so I got like literally 95% done with it. 95%. Like I had already put the beginning, the end in. I was down to editing like less than five minutes of us talking. And I started looking for something else to do. And I'm like, why am I doing that? Like, why am I looking for something else to do when I literally have less than five minutes to finish this task? Mm -hmm. So I forced myself to complete it and I got the biggest endorphin rush. So my point about my mental health and kind of like a mini update, I guess, and where we're going now to talk about this next topic is in looking back I've been doing some little things and based upon our discussions and books that you've suggested and things we've been learning about, Mm -hmm. I've been able to reflect on my behavior and try to work on reprogramming myself to complete tasks. So even yesterday I was cleaning my kitchen. I got to the point where I had cleaned again. It was like 90% of it. There were three big dishes left in the sink and one part of the counter that had yet to be cleaned and then I had to sweep and that was it and I almost walked away I almost was like I just don't want to do this anymore like I didn't want to do it and I and I understood that about myself like this is a task I'm not enjoying but then I was like but if I do it when people get here nothing will be in the way for dinner Mm -hmm. everything will be clean I was able to, I ran the dishwasher again, even though it wasn't fully loaded so that by the time everybody was leaving or even before that, I could unload the dishwasher, which I did do. You saw me. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I was there. You, yes. Which it was a little <laughs> annoying because we were playing D&D, but I was really just trying to make sure it got done. And so um, it felt, I felt better. So I remembered the feeling I had from the podcast editing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, if I just push through, there's like maybe five or 10 minutes left of work. I've been working on this for an hour. Why would I quit when there's only five minutes left? Like that's, that's what I'm having a hard time with was why I still haven't figured that out yet, people, but <clears throat> I'm trying to change my habit and my behavior. And I know, like, I, I too, have struggled with this. And I, I have heard that one reason why people don't, like, finish things or come to completion and whatnot is because there's a certain level of anxiety for what the end product is going to be. And so then we just get into the habit, even if the end product no longer matters, so, like, your dish dishes situation your habit is so like tied to you that it now has spread to 
any task. Oh my god, Sarah, stop! This is like the second week in a row that you're blowing my (laughs) mind. Oh my god. Well, I'll I'll tell you now, like, I am right there with you. Like, I have tears. No, why? It's not a bad thing. It's just, it's it's just something, like you said, that you're realizing about yourself that if you don't like it, it's okay. It's something that, it's just a habit that you have no, to No, but it goes, all goes to, like, the fear of rejection. Oh, yeah. And the fear of it, like, not being good enough. So then it's like, well, then just don't finish it. Yes. So that, <laughs> that... I have found within myself, like you're saying, I self-reflect as well. And to the point where it's like, okay, why did I act that way? Why am I feeling these feelings? And so on and so forth. And I have recognized in myself that I have a hard time completing different tasks because I am so used to, like, growing up, I would do different things or like different projects mainly in the creative side and what mm-hmm. have you but I would finish them and then I wouldn't get the recognition that I yeah. was expecting right and so then that puts me off and I don't want to feel those feelings again or have to experience that so then I started to get into the habit of just not finishing things like I <clears throat> have anxiety and I don't want to reach that point. Right. Well, and then that makes sense why the iPad gift was so meaningful to you. Yes. Yeah. Because puts that all together. Anyway, sorry. That was just like very eye-opening. Good. The other thing, do you remember what the other thing was? Uh, it was about how nutri- your body just knows what to do with the nutrients. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. With the- Man. I should compile a collection of Sarah Blows Amanda's Mind. (laughs) Like, I should. That would be great clips. Like That would be cool. Yeah. Sarah Blows Amanda's Mind. Anyway, just proof, people, you can learn from your younger siblings. The oldest (laughs) always know all. Okay. So. Back to what we were talking about. (laughs) Tying this all back is, for me, one of the things that I've changed physically about what I'm doing is implementing more of a regimented approach to how I'm using cannabis. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing this for probably the last two weeks um, using uh, a, a tincture I already had. And things I already had. So I didn't change anything about what I was consuming, just how I was consuming it. Okay. And um, I think that it's really helping. And I've done additional research because of research that we've done on the benefits of cannabis with um, gut issues, specifically in inflammation in general. Mm -hmm. Um, Go listen to our Homebrew Heals podcast if you haven't heard that about our journey with cannabis and gut issues. Uh, There's an excellent episode coming out on that. It's really changed how I've been feeling and it's been helping me manage some of my pain, which definitely impacts my mental health. Yeah. Yeah. And I I am right there with you. I too consume marijuana and whatnot. And at first it was for 
uh, my gut issues, uh, mm-hmm. as I discuss on the Homebrew Heals podcast. But it, uh, I found out that it did affect me mentally as well. And not like, well, yeah, duh, it's a drug. No, I mean, like, I am now consuming it for mental health purposes as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for <clears throat> me, I uh, I really can't wait for you to, like, dive into this because I'm still fairly new. I haven't done as, I shouldn't say as much. I haven't done the same kind of research that you have done. Right. And so the information that you're finding out and the journey that you're going to be taking, I am so excited and on board for. And I think you yeah. should explain. Yes, absolutely. So, and I just have to say that for those listening, that when we talk about a subject, we just have a very high level and then we go and do our own research. And so what's great about our podcast, in my opinion, is that we really don't know what the other person has researched. We don't talk about it on purpose so that these are genuine conversations. Mm -hmm. Like legitimately, guys, I just had a fucking breakdown epiphany (laughs) on recording. So... And yes, we're going to leave it in there because the whole point of this is to share our experience in hopes that it will help somebody. Yeah. Even if it's just one person. That's amazing. Right. Um, Anyway. Yeah. So listen to us if you're not already. (laughs) Shameless plug. Done. My journey with cannabis. I am so excited. So Sarah and I recently discovered that we have an endocannabinoid system. Like, our bodies are meant to process cannabinoids. Mm-hmm. Now, we want to lay down a disclaimer right here. Yes, both of us use cannabis. However, everybody needs to do their own research. You need to um, learn what works for your body. What works for us may not work for you. But yes. we're just going to share our experience. Because even Sarah and I have had different experiences from the same products that yes. we've used. Um, so we started doing research on cannabis and gut issues. And learned all about this endocannabinoid system. And there's a lot of research being done. Hopefully once COVID's over, Sarah and I will be taking a trip to Canada. Where there's um, the Canada Research Institute on Cannabis. And... Um, hopefully touring and talking to some people up there because that sounds fun. Uh, But in this research, there are some mind blowing studies that really question or call for me into question why we haven't studied cannabis more Mm -hmm. and the impact that it could have on our bodies, mental health, on the environment, on our skin, you know, whatever. Um, There's so many benefits from the small studies that have been done, but it's like we're in the cannabis dark ages, you know, like no research. Nancy Reagan said, just say no. So we stopped all of it. So we said no. (laughs) Right. And so we were kind of, we're kind of in these dark ages and things are starting to shift, which I think is awesome. We get to be a part of that history um, and kind of see this come to light and even maybe be a a part of it ourselves by trying different things. Mm -hmm. So there's a ton of research out there. Um, One website I'd like to direct people to is called projectcbd.org. And so when we researched the endocannabinoid system, 
and cannabinoids. One thing that came up over and over again in our research was the benefits of CBD, the benefits of CBN, and CBG. THC is what gets you high. Mm-hmm. It is the psychoactive ingredients in cannabis that makes you feel like high, you know? When yep. people are like, oh, dude, whoa, I'm so high. I'm seeing rainbows, you know, whatever. They're really high. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's because but of THC. That is because of THC. So you can buy CBD products, hemp oil, whole plant products online. On Amazon, you can go into a store and buy some. You don't have to be 21. Um, It's not a controlled substance in any way because it doesn't have those intoxicating effects. Mm -hmm. Okay? So it's like if you drank a non-alcoholic beer versus a beer. Like a no-duels versus a regular lager, whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, similar thing, or I'll have a virgin strawberry daiquiri because it just doesn't have the The alcohol alcohol in it, it, but it has everything else. So over and over again, it's like CBD can reduce inflammation, can help with anxiety, can it, it's like, it sounds like it's a wonder drug, right? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, why isn't everybody using this? We need to do more research. So in our research, we found that everybody's endocannabinoid system is different. You don't know how much, when to take it, what kind you need, what's the balance of the kind you need. Do you process and metabolize things faster? My research indicated that people with fair skin, red hair, naturally, like myself, I have very fair skin and I was born red and have like a red tint to my blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Like a strawberry blonde, I guess, but very dishwater ashy. It's gross. <laughs> I dye it red. <laughs> so um, it's probably mostly gray. I wouldn't even know. I've been dying it. Oh, for my much. gosh. It's anyway, not. I digress. So um, people that have that skin tone and hair type, for whatever reason, process these things faster. So oh, that's interesting. You'll get high and be high, but for a shorter amount of time. Oh, that sucks. And then, so it's like you need more or you have to dose differently. So maybe not as much, but more frequent. You know what I mean? Well, and I think this is something that's really good to talk about be- mm-hmm. for people who don't consume marijuana. Mm-hmm. So for people who don't know, uh, and even for people who maybe are starting out to consume or have been, but they haven't done a whole bunch of research, but there's a reason why when you go to purchase uh, weed that there's a lot that goes into it. Like mm-hmm. the people that you're buying from at the shops, they ask you, what are you looking for? Are you looking uh, for something that gets you tired? Are you looking for something that will kind of still allow you to function? Are you mm-hmm. looking for like X, Y, and Z, right? And it's because different strains, different plants of marijuana will cause people to react differently. And not every weed plant is the same. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is that Mm -hmm. 
they think, oh, marijuana, and they see that plant, and it obviously it looks the same from one another, but it's not. What it's actually made up of, they they have different chemicals, right? Yeah, so, and let's talk about that, because, I mean, it does look the same, I guess, from, like, a quick glance, but if you actually take time to look at the plants, they're different. The different strains look different. They have different colors. They smell different. So, it, it in my mind, you know how you can say, oh, I'd love a dozen roses. Mm-hmm. You could get a variety. Or, I like apples. Mm, okay. Yeah. That's a great. So apples are a really great example. <laughs> okay. There's green apples, which are super fucking tart. And then there's red apples, which are sweet. Those are way different, you know? So right, saying like, I, I like apples. Yeah, then, no, exactly. I don't like red apples, but I love green apples. See, exactly. And so, or maybe like you like green apples, but you like Granny Smith's, but not Green Delicious. Mm-hmm. Or you like red apples, but only Fuji and Galas and not Red Delicious and mm-hmm. not blah, blah, blah. Or I like Red Delicious, but only when I use it in this specific way. Oh, sure. Like uh, when you bake when it. When I bake a pie. Yes. Or when I blah, blah, blah. Okay. This is a great analogy. So that's what weed is like. So, yes, it's they're all apples. Yes, it's all marijuana. Mm-hmm. But there's a variety of flavors, textures, smells, um, uses that it tastes better in. You know, maybe you want to smoke that one. Maybe that one you want to put in an edible. Maybe that one you want to um, turn into a distillate. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you want to, I don't know, roll that one in a joint with some oil. Like there's, there's a lot of different ways to consume it. And there's a lot of different types of apples mm-hmm. out there. Right. So <clears throat> marijuana is the same. So there's a lot of testing and figuring out what you like and what you don't like. And um, Paul and I keep a weed journal. And so. See, and that's cool. And that's mm-hmm. smart because like you were mentioning before and whatnot, you're, you are starting to consume it in different ways, right? Right. Yeah, so I'll go into my journey with that. Um, I will say Weed Journal is really smart to do anytime you try a new strain. What we suggest doing is you write down the farm, the name of the strain, whatever the potency numbers are on the back. So you'll usually get like a CBD, a THC, and a total cannabinoid breakdown. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they have additional um, cannabinoids listed. Um, And you just write it down. And and how you had it. So was it flour? Was it, you know, wax? Was it whatever? And then we keep notes of how did it make us feel? Did nice. it help with my pain? Did it help with my anxiety? Did I feel couch locked? Did my mouth get really dry? Like the good and the bad. So when you go back to repurchase, you basically have a cultivated list of what not and what to buy. Mm-hmm. And over time... You can do now what we do is even deeper research where we say, okay, this one made me feel like this other one. What are the terpenes in that? Mm -hmm. What similarities do these plants have? Can I analyze and define the root cause or the root similarity of those plants to say, to isolate and say, that's what I need in my life? Mm -hmm. That is what I need. And so far I have been able to find actually a couple. 
Nice. Yeah. Um, anyway, so would you have any more notes about how to find the right weed? On how to find the right weed? No. Or where to even start? For people that are maybe starting. Yeah, so to start, I honestly recommend talking to the people who are in the shops. And uh, doing your own light research is perfectly fine, too. But I do find that the people who work in the shops, they gain knowledge as they're working there and whatnot. And so they're able to direct you to, like, what to consume for what reason. And it's at a it's very high level based knowledge, but it's exactly what you would need to start out with. Mm-hmm. So like you were saying, like you, for me, like the overall starting is the between sativa and indica. Like, do you want something like super laid back or are you still looking to function as a person? And so then it, you go from there. You're like, okay, so, or you can also have a hybrid of the two. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. just start purchasing different items and take into account the numbers that Amanda was talking about and just keep track of, of it that way. Um, it's for weed. It's very easy to go through just a trial and error type of testing with Mm -hmm. yourself. And I would say if you are wanting to start and you don't want to get high at all, then let's talk about CBD. And this is a great segue into the mental health portion and kind of the regimen and the approach that I'm taking. Mm -hmm. So with our research lately into the endocannabinoid system and cannabis and all the cannabinoids and all of that, I was able to find um, products online, research online that helps to understand how to curate and create your own cannabinoid regimen. And one of the things that I came across is it's important to really think about how your body's processing things. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for example, I have back pain. One of the things that our research indicated was that the um, endocannabinoid receptors, the the cells that have the receptors on them are all over our body, Mm -hmm. right? Everywhere. But there's a huge concentration in our spine and brain. There's a lot in our gut, which is awesome for Mm -hmm. our other podcasts. Go take a listen. Um, But So when thinking about pain, you want to impact it from where it's at. So topical for Mm -hmm. me, my back, topical from the outside. You want to maybe take a supplement so that it's more long lasting. You're digesting it over time and it's getting released into your digestive tract and getting absorbed differently through your small intestines. Um, and then you want to do something that is like a tincture where you're putting it directly into your bloodstream through a fast absorbing oil, mm-hmm. like an MCT oil, which it literally absorbs like fast. And that goes directly into your bloodstream. 
But all of these products don't have THC in them. They're all just CBD or CBN or CBG or a blend of the cannabinoids that don't have the psychoactive um, effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to figure out the correct dosage, when to take it, and all of that is um, really based upon what your body's telling you. Yeah. But in terms of mental health, there are studies that have shown, and on this projectcbd.org, there's a lot of information about anxiety and, and CBD. Um, but there's studies that in certain U.S. states and countries like Canada where the me- medicinal use of cannabis is legal, where doctors are treating their patients um, for anxiety disorders with CBD-rich cannabis strains. Mm-hmm. And that they're actually prescribing it, like, go smoke this. And... It's, I don't, it's just been like amazing uh, for these people. And so they have been using it for people that have suffered like severe post, uh, like trauma, like mental trauma Mm -hmm. um, to help them to like calm down and be able to work through some of their anxiety and PTSD. Um, And a lot of people have to use like full spectrum CBD oil that they get online because it's not legal in their state or their country. Mm -hmm. And so by doing the full spectrum CBD, you're getting whole plant um, extraction Okay, there's no THC or anything like that um, in it. So, but it allows them to sleep and to calm and to really be more introspective and work through things. Um, So. Yeah, and I would say that based off of the research I found, it's one of those things where doctors agree that more research needs to be done. and. They're excited that they're finally getting to the point where the research can be done, like, on a legal basis. Mm-hmm. But um, they, uh, it's one of those situations where they will, of course, try to avoid uh, telling people to go, like, smoke. Because right. it still obviously has health risks and whatnot. And they know that for certain people that are of, oh, sorry people of a certain age shouldn't be consuming marijuana or CBD. Uh, CBD is not as bad because it doesn't involve the THC and whatnot, but they Mm -hmm. still keep age in mind. But in their eyes, they're like, well, people are going to be using CBD anyways. We don't see any, like, there's no, like, obvious fatal side effects like we were right. joking around before, nobody's been like uh, declared dead because of weed. You can't right. overdose on it. Right. And so they're like, well, if they're using it anyways, we'll prescribe it. Like we agree it helps. Mm-hmm. And they are at the point where they're starting to prescribe like certain CBD products. And my only thing is I don't know if they're doing it based off of money. Mm-hmm. Like they offer certain ones because they're getting paid to do so. <clears throat> or maybe. Right. Maybe. Don't know. Or if it's more along the lines like how you're describing. They understand what that person is specifically going through. Therefore, they can prescribe specific CBD for that. 
Right. That's what it sounds. It's like it sounds like it's for specific um, anxiety disorders. <clears throat> I'm not sure which disorders. So more research to be done. Um, but it's just a, a really interesting the research that I came across because there's companies popping up out there that like offer a service to help you figure out your dosage. Like there's one called Equilibria. I think is what it's called. Okay. And um, it is specifically like targeted to women and they will send you like a starter pack. It's like a cream, a CBD cream, a CBD capsule like to take and a um, tincture. Mm-hmm. And they tell you when to start and you're paired up with a person that helps you talks to you every day um, if you need it until you get your dosage and everything correct but they help you to understand like what you're experiencing. Like, Oh, I'm getting tired. I'm fatigued. This is what I'm eating. This is what I'm doing. I'm stressed, you know, whatever the case may be. And they help you get your dosage. Right. Oh, nice. So it's really interesting, but it's kind of expensive. And so I was like, I could do that myself. So I'm in the process of making my own tincture and I will post my recipes and everything on our blog um, of what I'm doing and what I'm trying, but you know, it's just me. And my research, and I'll make sure to have links to all of that stuff. But it should be a fun ride. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple of myths-ish, I should say, and what we know about CBD and marijuana thus far. Sure. Um, So I say myths-ish because I wrote them down as myths, thinking these are just people being stupid. They're just myths. And the truth is that... Some are and some aren't. Sure. So one of them was paranoia. Mm -hmm. I wrote that. Oh, that's a myth. Mm. My research goes to show that marijuana in general, especially the THC side, which THC is a cannabinoid, um, it can cause paranoia and increase anxiety. So Sarah and I started talking about this before we were recording this morning And really, we think it comes down to kind of like those pharmaceuticals that say, you know, these are helped to help you with your anxiety disorder. And then it's like the number one side effect is may increase anxiety. Yep. (laughs) So did you read anything about anxiety specifically in marijuana? So I am not recently, but in the past I have, and I can tell you from firsthand experience that yes, it can cause uh, intense feelings of anxiety and paranoia. I have had um, a couple of strains where I told Brian, my husband, that I, I can't do that again because it heightens my anxiety so much that I I felt as if I was on the verge of a panic attack and I just I had to go to bed. I forced mm-hmm. myself just to go to bed to make that side effect go away because it, with weed there's no way to as far as we know so far there's no way to like flush it out of your system. Once you consume it you're on for the ride mm-hmm. and you just got to wait until it's done. So I slept through it. And Damn. but the reasons as to why it happens, I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know either. I think it has something to do with the psychoactive THC, 
Yeah. Um, a lot of times for me, THC can heighten the feelings I'm already feeling. So if I'm already anxious, then it may make me feel more anxious, especially if it's like a sativa. And I could see that too. Like I'm an anxious person naturally. And so I'm sure my anxiety was already there and it just heightened it. Yeah. Or like, you know, when people get drunk and they get like laughy versus mm-hmm. the person that gets tired versus the person that gets angry. Or I think that crying has a, in the corner or the crying in the corner girl. I think that has a lot to do with what we're processing in that moment. And yeah. so um, I, for me, I've had similar experiences with weed. Yeah. Uh, like that um, where it kind of like heightens what I'm already feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's why cultivating a list of marijuana and or cannabis products that work for you and how to how you used them and how it made you feel is so important. Yeah. Um, so that was one myth that turned out not to be a myth. I mean, it turned out to be true. Um, the other one was about CBD where people are like, I don't want to be high. CBD yeah. can't get you high. Right. Yeah. And that so- I think is just like. Because it's so new and CBD is just tied to marijuana that people don't look further into the matter. They just link those two and they automatically think, well, it's part of marijuana, therefore it gets you high. Right. No. But it doesn't. It does not. And remember, you have an endocannabinoid system. Your body wants to process it. Yeah, your body's prepared. It knows what to do. And most, um, the other interesting thing is that they found cannabinoids in other food. Now that they've started researching them, like black pepper has cannabinoids in it. Celery has cannabinoids in it. Um, It's just really intriguing, honestly. Hmm, That's intriguing. Um, Yeah. Um, So here's one thing that we do know. There is a cost associated with using these products, for sure, because your insurance does not pay for them. Yeah. Um, And so when um, I was figuring out dosing and things like that um, for the amount of products that I'm going to be using, uh, it came out to be like 25 cents a dose or something like that. It was really inexpensive when compared to like a pill that I might be taking. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to continue and I'll do all of the math and keep the receipts so everybody can see, you know like what was up um, and get like a true understanding of what this could cost. Cause there was definitely a investment upfront. You know, I had to pay mm-hmm. for all of the ingredients upfront, but then I don't have to pay for them again, hopefully for the amount that I have for at least 90 days. Well, and that kind of just goes with a, a pretty much anything. So with not only like the CBD, but even if you were to consume marijuana with the THC and mm-hmm go along that journey no matter what you're going to have a cost associated to it but like you were just mentioning uh, fingers crossed hopefully it should be a lot less money than maybe taking some other drugs or exactly other i don't want to say prescriptions because those actually might be super important and something weed cannot (laughs) replace well, but some other prescriptions, you know, like right, having, having my um, panic attack meds, mm-hmm. I'll probably always have those, but I might not need the um, the ones that 
I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know yet. Okay, I don't want to say anything too much yet. But, like, I'm hoping that I won't need the ones that have to calm me down in the moment. And that I'll right. just have to continue to take my anti-anxiety medication. Because mm-hmm. I don't think I'm ready for cannabis to replace that. Sure. So, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. And then the only other thing I had was that it is important to note that research does show CBD, any cannabinoid really, mm-hmm. works better with other cannabinoids, mm-hmm. specifically yes. THC. Yes. So while I know you might not want to get high, you might have to just get a baby high. And mm-hmm. and I mean it like a tiny bit. So one of the things that I have is... Um, a tincture that is 20 to 1 cannabis, uh, I'm sorry, CBD to THC. And so it's a minute amount of THC. And that minute amount allows the CBD to work better because it helps to carry it through your body. Um, that's just how it works. Um, that's the science we know thus far. Nice. Now, yeah. and, and I was wondering about that because I have always been told that in order for your CBD like products to even work, mm-hmm. it, there needs to be a small amount of THC in there. And it's not enough usually to do anything to where you can feel uh, a high side effect. It's just right. to make sure that all those other like actual CBD cannabinoid that you're talking about, that they get triggered and that right. they actually start, you know, causing your pain to go away essentially right they start working faster really is what it is like it it, the cbd will still work without the thc especially Mm -hmm. if you combine it with like cbn and cbg and other things like that um or you do a full spectrum hemp oil just make sure you're getting it from a reputable vendor Mm -hmm. um like i don't recommend amazon just because of how they do their batch their batches they anyway Check that up if you want. Um, I like Amazon. Don't get me wrong. But just for this, I would say go to somebody that you can talk to. Um, And uh, yeah, so just go and um, talk to somebody. But this CBN and CBG and CBD, combining those as well, will help them work better in your body. It's just that that THC also helps. It's just part of that whole process. So yeah. but overall, in terms of my personal mental health, it definitely helps me with my anxiety and managing my anxiety helps me to manage my depression because it's kind of a cycle with the two of those. Yeah. And same with me. It helps me manage my anxiety. And uh, like we were discussing before, I, on pursuing your Patronus, it assists me with my sleep, which is important as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, show. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Let us know your favorite strains of weed out there. Yeah, let us know what you think or what you have found works best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and this will just be something we continually update you guys on. Yeah, and if you guys have heard of uh, anything else CBD-wise in the CBD realm that has worked for people, let us know. Send us the research. We would love to read it. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Pursuing Your Patronus and that it made you think a little bit about mental health and pursuing your own happiness and finding your ultimate Patronus.
Make sure to stick with us here and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all those social media sites. And if you're enjoying your Pursuing Your Patronus podcast with us, you may also want to think about checking out our Loot the Booty series and also where we nerd out on YouTube. Expecto Patronum! Mounting every day, and that one life, and that one life.